Thanks, Cheeky Monkey Brewery, you ripper. You. Hi, my name is Jeremy Flores, and you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. Welcome to Barrel Surf Podcast. T-Bone here. I'm on my Pat Malone today. Um, but I've got a special guest dialing in from Indonesia. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Tippy Jabrik. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thank you very much. Good to uh, talking talking to you for sure, yeah. Hey, um, I hear that you got a beer sponsor. So do uh, we. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what what beer is it, mate? It's a it's a local beer. They call it Singaraja. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a pilsner. Well, we've got something in common. I'm I'm sponsored by a a, a beer as well. It's called Cheeky Monkey. It's Cheeky uh, Monkey. Nice. Yeah, it, it's a it's a brewery down in the southwest of the Margaret River area. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, local brewery you now in Australia. Not in not in Indo. It's not easy. Yeah. Yep. So, mate. Um, Great to um, have you on the podcast. Um, just for the people that maybe have not heard of you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? When'd you get into surfing? Yeah. So my mom, um, my mom and my father, so uh, they traveled to Indo when they were like, you know, in their late 20s. My mom from Austria and my dad's from, uh, from Java. So they meet in Bali in the 70s. So I was grow up in Legian. <clears throat> That's my beach, uh, you know, home break. I start to surf in Legian, and um, yeah, ever since I'm uh, I'm from Bali. That's that's uh, who I am. Classic, mate. So, who got you into surfing when you started in Legian? Uh, so a um, little bit background of myself. My mom, she's from Austria. My dad's from Java, and you know, I was born in Legian in uh, in Bali, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Bali. I'm not Balinese, but I'm from Bali. Yep. And so you started surfing. Who got you into surfing? You just grabbed a board and went down, or was there some older older guys that got you into surfing back in those days? So I was I was uh, start surfing when I was like probably like five years old with my brother. He was uh, a year older than me, but to 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 know who uh, who. Uh, you know, who bring us to surf, uh, we don't know because my dad, he's Javanese, he don't surf. Yep. He can't even swim in, in the ocean. So uh, it's a bit <laughs> of mystery. It's a bit of a mystery. How do we end up surfing? Because I, but one thing for sure is our, 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 our parents, they always bring us to the beach every single afternoon to watch the sunset because our house is only 100, 100 meters from the, from the beach. So it's pretty obvious that one day we're going to touch the water. So maybe for that's sure. the reason, yeah. Hey, my dad can't swim either. So uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> hey, so um, hey, I was wondering if we could we could start with the Olympics. So obviously, just got back from Tokyo. How was that whole yeah. experience for you? Yeah, it was it was amazing, you know, because like you know, it was pretty intense, you know, with the rivalry because like you know, I know a lot of the guys, you know, like uh, Durbo was there coaching uh, the Aussie team. You know, I know Owen Wright. I know Julian Wilson. You know, <clears throat> Steph also. But I don't. I don't. You know, like a lot of a lot of restriction during the Olympic made make us cannot really like uh, communicate with the other countries. You know, 
Yeah. There's restriction with the COVID, this and that. But overall, the 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 Olympic itself it's amazing because like you you have an experience to meet high level uh, athletes on you know on on all different sports. We got to uh, experience uh, staying on the Olympic Village, and uh, Olympic level of sports is totally something that you know, like a, a lot of us, like if we did the, if we have the experience, it's a, it's an amazing opportunity. That's how I feel, and especially, you know, working with Rio, young, strong surfers representing Indonesia. That's amazing, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. So tell me, Tippy, what was your role? You're, you're the coach, right? The national coach. I was the, yeah, I was the head coach for Rio on the Olympic. That's what, that was my role, yeah. And um, and El Salvador, did you go across there for the uh, qualification process? Yeah, I, I went to El Salvador also with Rio and then all, all the other team. I went there also, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing that um, Rio is the first Indonesian surfer to qualify for the Olympics and obviously surfing for the first time to hit the world stage. How, how were the waves in Japan? I didn't really catch too much of it, but how was the conditions? So um, when when we got there the first time, we were we were we were kind of uh, expecting to have like you know those summer wave of Japan, which is flat, and that's what happened during the first day. Uh, and pre competition, it was flat. It was like not even a knee high. It was so small, and we thought like, oh my god, is this gonna? going to be the the olympic competition that we're going to show to all the all of, all over the world about surfing about our sports about you know like surfing knee high and then suddenly like uh, two days after the competition during the competition the typhoon came oh, it was a bit early it was a bit early for japan to have a typhoon in uh you know in the middle of july you know like late july it was a bit early but suddenly like uh during the third and fourth days the final day the typhoon was you know generating big swell and uh it was a bit messy but during the i think the the semi-final and final it got it got it got quite good you know was there any talk about going to the wave pool in tokyo uh i think i think you know in, on the in in like on the olympic level every surfer should get the same uh uh, opportunity for for wave it's not like you know you win a competition because you got the wave and the other guy didn't catch any wave so there is a talk about wave pool but it, it was only like a you know like here and there but i i personally think like the 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 isa the international surfing association they don't have you know, like a wave pool uh, technology yet that they want to propose to the Olympic committee because, as you know, probably WSLs own the Kelly Slater waves. I'm mm-hmm. sure WSL wouldn't let it, you know, like ISA use their technologies. So sure. I think there's a bit of a talking they need to do in between the, the high level of organization. But in Tokyo, there was not, there was not any uh, wave pool in discussion now. Yeah. I mean, you know, what you were saying about the, the start of the contest, the waves are really small. And I take it during the Olympics, there's no waiting period. You, you got to run or you don't run, right? I think sometimes when the there waves are There is a waiting so... period. Oh, there is? Okay. There is, a, there is a waiting period because the the timeline to finish the competition is actually four days. But okay. 
which only for surfing they have eight days of a competition day right. only for surfing no other no any other sports in the olympic they have this kind of a flexibility on their okay. program yeah. but i'm i'm sure this is not going to happen uh in the future because olympic is such a set uh game yeah because like uh i don't know you cannot just tell the audience oh sorry the, the sport uh, the the competition is off today because there's there's no chance of a competition nobody can understand that yeah definitely so yeah. tell me how far did rio get in the olympics so rio get into the top 16 that means like uh, he finished in round three so uh he lost to Kanoi Garashi. He ended like with a silver medal. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. top 16. So Paris Olympics 2024, you are planning on, uh, on going and obviously Indonesia representing. How does that work? Does that mean Rio has to requalify or, or would he get a, um, a, a spot straight into, into the 2024 Olympics? No, everybody have to be requalified again. Because like uh, it's part of the it's part of the qualification, part of like uh, the the you know the the development of sports anywhere in the world. Because you cannot you cannot uh, what do you call it? You cannot guarantee a spot if you don't earn it. That's yep. uh, that's how how the sport uh, thing. Yeah. So um, the Paris Olympics, the they're gonna ha um, have the surfing at Chopu, I believe. Yeah, that's what the Surfing France uh, Federation uh, mentioned because I met them in, in, in Tokyo and they said they got, they're going to run the Olympic in, uh, in Tahiti. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting on how it's going to fold out because, you know, the qualification will be one of them is going to be in El Salvador again. So El Salvador is a, is a point break uh, right-hander for the qualification and also a, a, a peak left and right, but Chopu or Tahiti or wherever they're going to do it could be a left. So it's going to be interesting on, on how the qualification will, you know, like uh, justify the, the event in uh, for the Olympic. Yeah. Hey mate, I, I think a left-hand reef break, tubing reef break will suit a lot of Indonesian surfers, right? That's what you, you guys got plenty of over there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, surfing, surfing good on a on a perfect wave, and then surfing good on a high pressure and high level competition is a totally different. Sure. You know, you you can you can have you can have a, like a the greatest surfer surfing like desert point. That doesn't mean he can perform on the on the higher level because yep. it takes it takes a lot of process to to be able to be on the on the top of the game. So yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, just sticking with Rio. Obviously, he went over to Mexico and uh, made it to the round of sixteen, narrowly losing to Jack Robbo. Did you um, did you speak to Rio while he was over there? Obviously, he took down Philippe. Was must have been huge for his confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I I talked to Rio just a little bit, you know, because it's no use for me to tell him what to do because, you know, like he he have his own game plan while he's there he know the water he know the wave so he can he can adjust on how he's gonna do his heat but what i tell him is um most most of uh the only time i talk to him is just make sure that he choose the right equipment that's all i said to him he looks pretty good on those yeah. sharp eyes yeah he's he's really happy with that board so no great 
great result. So um, now tell me, I, I see on your uh, Instagram, you're, you're a manager director of this Asian surf company. How long have you been working with that as, as that position for? So this is a company that I create in 2001. So uh, I create, I create a, a surf tour, a surf series in Indonesia, you know, to, to help, to help like, uh, you know, like Indonesian uh, upcoming surfers to have a, like a, a platform because in, in any, in any sports, if you cannot, if you cannot prove yourself in a competition level, even your rips, you know, like, uh, you know, your, your local beach break, and there's no a platform can show that you are the best there because you're the champion there. You, you, there's nothing. There's no what do you call that? There's no um, proving ground. Yep, sure. So in 2001, we create. I created this uh, this company, and then in 2004 we changed it to the to the Indonesian Surfing Championship Tour, and then in 2008 we changed it into the Asian Surfing Championship Tour. And then in 2013, we changed all the event that we created before the tour. It was in Java, in Sumatra, in Bali. We changed it into a QS level. So it's been that long that I've been involved with competition. And, you know, I'm pretty happy. We're all pretty happy to see, you know, surfers like, you know, like Garut, Ball, Batad, you know, Dede Suriana, and now the younger crew like Rio Waida and Petot Agus coming from the platform that we all created because... Without all this proving ground, there's no, there's no, uh, there's uh, no grip for the for the young kids to to push themselves with other other kids, other surfers, and then after they are, you know, prove themselves on the local ground, they can achieve like you know sponsorship, and then from that sponsorship they can move on into you know surfing internationally. So. ASC is just like a, a platform that we create for for local talents. Yeah, sure. Now, the, when you say ASC, does that include other countries apart from Indonesia? Does that include the Philippines? So yeah, part of our development is uh, to grow surfing in our region, and that's including you know places like you know like Taiwan, Thailand, Malaysia, and also including the Philippines, because after Indonesia, the strongest. Uh, country in the region is actually Philippine, so we help them also to run event in the in the in the, you know like Cloud Nine, La Union, you know. So we, we help each other for you know like for for surfing development in our region because we know if our region is strong, it's only gonna benefiting our region, which is including Indonesia. That's how I think. Yep. Hey, so tell me before COVID, how many events were there throughout Indonesia, like QS events? Before COVID come, yeah. So in in the average, we have like two to three uh, QS event in in Indonesia, and then one CT in the past four years. And uh, during COVID, we have zero. But we plan to have one QS happening this year during this COVID uh, situation. But it, there's a lot of like local lockdown uh, happening, so we kind of like uh, we have trouble to 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 have the event. Yeah. Is the um, have you had lots of lockdowns in Bali, or is it just certain areas? Or so the lockdown is like uh, they 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 do it like a in a, in a smaller scale of lockdown. 
like right now it's we're supposed to have a lockdown until tomorrow but you can see we, we are driving mm -hmm. so the lockdown that uh they talking about is more like a restriction of 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 people gathering you know like uh you know going to the public spaces you know going to the to the mall it's all restricted yeah sure. so it's not like a full lockdown that that they have in oz or something yeah Yep. So you mentioned you're hoping to run one QS event. Where, where's that? Whereabouts is that going to be? be? It's going to be in Aceh, uh, in Similu, an off island of Aceh, cool. in Sumatra. Yeah, it's like one of the most remote, uh, remote island in Indonesia, and they, the local government, like uh, putting some money to pr to promote their island because Similu have a lot of wave. A lot of surfers know about the good wave in Similu, but the funny thing is, there's no Indonesian ever heard about this island if they have a wave. So it's a, bit, it's a bit funny. Indonesia is well known internationally to have their wave. But Indonesia as a country, not too many Indonesian know that we are like one of the biggest surfing des destination in the world. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Hey, um, you, you mentioned about um, having a pathway or a proving ground for local Indonesian surfers. Um have you sort of been looking into, the, I guess, the new WSL format, how they announced, like you've got the, the, the regional series, then the challenger series. What do you think of the, um, the new format with the mid-year cutoff? And you think it's um, better, like better for surfers? What's your thoughts? Uh, you know, for me, like, uh, you know, like personally, if you come from a small island like bali everything always have a you know like two sides it could be good it could be it could be also be bad so for for me the way the reason why wsl changed their format is to make the sports more exciting probably mm -hmm. because there will be more drama happening imagine if gabriel medina lost uh to uh to morgan siblick and morgan siblick never win a competition yeah and he's the he's the world champion there will be drama there will be some kind of like a you know, uh, crazy uh, PR going on, you know, like, uh, but it's something that WSL are doing because they, they trying to, to have more, you know, like uh, to find the, the, the fine tune on how to run the, the tour mm -hmm. with the challenger series. I think this is a really good uh, format because, because like uh, how you can enter the challenger half of the field, maybe more half of the field have to come from the region itself. Like the Australian surfer, if they want to surf challenger, uh, the challenger event, they have to prove themselves in their own region. You know, they, they, they need to, you know, they need to, they need to prove if they're, you know, top six in Australia, same like in Indi in Indo. That's why yeah. like Rio Waida and Oni Anwar is uh, entering the challenger because they consistently been proving international in the international, uh, event in the other QSs that they are the, the top Indonesian surfers. That's why they are rep representing Indonesia in the challenger. So I think for the, for the top five format for the world, world, uh, world champions right now, nobody can, can tell how will it will, uh, the, the outcome will come because it's going to happen in, uh, in September, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I would like to see some drama because it's, it's good for the sport. Yeah. I'd like to see Morgan Sibillic maybe win. Eh? Uh, anybody can win. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 
out of those five five surfers, the chances for Gabriel Medina or Morgan Siblik to win the world champion is 50-50. Yeah, for sure. In surfing is the only sport that you can say it's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, so you know, yeah. next year when the Challenger Series are on the second half of the year, has Rio and Oni Anwar already have, um, will they go into the Challenger Series or they first got to qualify some of the regional events or even leave Indonesia and, and, and go elsewhere to get some points to get into the Challenger Series? Has Rio, yeah. um, has, has he got a ticket straight into that or has he still got to qualify through the regional series? Yeah, Rio, Rio qualified and only uh, through the regional from 2019 because Rio is the highest. Is, Rio ranks two, number two in Asia behind, uh, I think it's Shun Murakami from Japan. So Rio is number two. So he's qualified from his region because only top six can qualify from Asia. And only got a wild card because his his uh, like you know like uh, his last performance uh, in the WSL level have been really really good. So they give two wild card for Rio and Oni. And there's also Kailani Johnson from Indonesia. She get the wild card also. Okay. Yeah. So, is there enough sponsorship for uh, Oni and Rio to? Um to get themselves around the world for the, for the Challenger Series? Because there's a lot of events in a lot of lot of countries. Yeah, so there's four events uh, for the Challenger. And the first first one is Huntington Beach. And then after that is uh, in France and, all, and then Portugal. And the last one in Haleiwa in Hawaii. Can you imagine to travel just to fly to all those places from Indonesia? It's super expensive. Yeah. Super expensive. So, um. Rio, uh, Rio right now, he's in Mexico. So for him to go around is pretty easy for him because Quicksilver have base everywhere and a lot of, you know, Quicksilver QS surfers also on the Challenger Series. So Rio is pretty good. But surfers like Oni Anwar, he have to do like the fundraising just, just to go to places, you know. So uh, right now, uh, Oni don't have any major sponsor. So uh, we're trying to get his, him a sponsorship and also support from the government. But everything, every, everything that we do takes time. And then uh, hopefully, you know, we, 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 we able to help Oni to, to, to enter all those challenger, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge for us uh, to get uh, funding for, for Oni or even Oni to fund himself. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I bet. Oh, it, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really big talking point with a lot of these big companies um, pulling a lot of sponsorship um, with a lot of lot of surfers um, over the last sort of six twelve months. It's yeah, yeah, because because imagine imagine yourself, Connor O'Leary. He want to do like the Challenger series. He have to he have to work. Not even Connor. Anybody. Every. In Australia, you can work six months and try to fund your your event, but in Indonesia, you have to work ten years to be yeah. able to do to go overseas. You know, so it's yeah. pretty hard. Hey, so, so, hey, so tell me, um, GLAN is on the tour next year. Has any? I, I assume that there'll be some wild cards from Indonesia in that event, or? Um. Uh, so um, the wild the wild card usually happens like this. So uh, WSL give. Indonesia a wild card like one person and we usually we usually uh run a trials for that so we're gonna we're gonna have like 16 of the best Indonesian surf surfers to to do a trial in GLAN okay that was the the idea 
So one day before the, the competition start, we're going to use it as a trial because the setup is there, the judges is there. So we're just going to ask WSL if they can help us for the trials. That's what happened in Chopu and that's what happened in Pipe. So I think trials for the local, the, the best local is, is usually the, the, the fairest way to, to choose a wildcard. But usually also, you know, Quicksilver is the main sponsor of GLAN, so they might choose Rio. So hopefully sure. we have two representation, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hey, so tell me a little bit about this Liga Surfing Indonesia. I, I sort of had a little <laughs> look at it, and it, it seems like yeah. a quite a competitive um, uh, events across all different parts of Indonesia and all these different surfing clubs. Tell me a little bit about that. How'd that get up and running, and, and who, who who's behind that? Yeah, so um, uh, AAC, my company, runs the Liga runs the Liga. So the Liga started with, you know, like a lot of, a lot of thing happens uh, because we see the opportunity in our country, but we also see the, the experience of other country did. So like, you know, the Borders challenge in Australia, that's how we, we uh, kind of like uh, get the inspiration because look at, look at Snapper Rock, for example, they have a lot of good surfers like representing the surf club. And they also have a, a platform between surf surf club or board riders in Australia to to you know to challenge themselves, and that's how we get the inspiration. We want to have a, a surf league that that happens continuously every single every single uh, month during the year because we not we don't we don't we don't copy the way the board riders challenge happen in in Australia, mm-hmm. which we 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 copy how you know like uh other sports league are doing you know like maybe in 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 the football there's a you know like the english premier league sure and then in australia i'm pretty sure the the footy league is pretty strong so that's how i want to do it to have a strong competition that runs regularly and that's uh that's the idea right now we have 15 clubs that joining it so it's uh the club is from like legian uluwatu and we have uh two in java Two in uh, in Lombok and then one in Sumbawa, just to you know, like have a have like a a regular competition between clubs. That's the idea. And then we're gonna make it like a division, first division, second division, third division. So we're gonna have like you know, like fifty plus club. That's the idea. Wow, that's huge. So have yeah. you already had a few um, battles between the different clubs already? Or no, not yet. This is gonna be the first the first year, but we already have like a club. A surf clubs, uh, inter surf clubs competition. So, for example, like Legian boat riders, they will have five competition in one year to have four of to have the representation of their best to they have their best ranking, so they can uh, they can join the the inter uh, club competition for the final. Yeah. So, so, so who's the best board riders uh, club at the moment in, in your eyes? Are you actually uh, part of a part of a club or yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm p- part of the club. I'm from Legian Boat Riders. Oh, and the funny the thing is, then, eh? and the funny thing is, Rio Wida is also the the club member, so he's representing uh, Legian. Yeah. Classic, mate. Classic. Hey, um, you know, just switching to Bali um, at the moment. So, what's the so how's it been in the last 12 months? How, what is the current situation? Is things getting better over there or worse? Or how is it in Bali right now? 
you know, when it doesn't come here, it's really rest for sure, you know. So we, just, we would like to see you know, tourism to come back, yeah. Yeah, but is there any tourists there? There is, there is expat. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, that living in Bali, they're still here. But one thing for sure, that, you know, like usually we see like, uh, you know, thousands of people come to Bali on a daily basis. There's maybe like maybe 10 or 20 people come every single day to Bali just as a visitor. Yeah. Pretty slow. Mate, in Australia, we can't leave Australia unless you've got a, a business reason. But basically, we're locked in this country. We can't get out. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, that that restriction for the Australian can be, uh, you know, take, you know, taken off and then um, Australian can start uh, traveling to Bali again. That's yeah, the plan, yeah. For sure, mate. So are they rolling out the vaccinations in Bali or is that something that people are, um, is that what the government trying to get, get everyone vaccinated? Is that what's happening? Yeah. So Bali as an island is the number, the, the first uh, region in Indonesia that gets vaccinated. So, I'm sure the number of uh, people that get vaccinated in Bali is pretty high. I heard it's already 70% 70, 70 of the local people in Bali already get vaccinated. Wow, that is hard. Wow. Yeah, the reason is to open up the tourism as soon as possible. That's the idea. Oh, for sure. We're only 20% yeah. in Australia. Yeah, but all over Indonesia is also probably like around 20%. Yeah, Bali sure, is sure, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey mate, you seem really passionate about the the Indonesian surfing scene and, and obviously getting involved in in Liga and the ACC. What's been, I guess, the most rewarding part so far being involved in that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the most rewarding for me is this to see like the the enthusiasm of uh, the Indonesian people uh, to appreciate about the ocean and also about the wave. And also about the environment, because the more people, you know, like uh, have the 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 interest about the ocean and the wave, it's gonna it's gonna reflecting to how they live their life, you know, because environment problem is a big part of uh, of our country. So for me, you know, to have a to have everybody to you know like uh, go to the beach, appreciate, you know, like what they have in Indonesia, that's that's the most rewarding, you know, because you cannot you cannot force people to to come to the beach and uh, and then uh, appreciate the ocean as a surfer because surfers they 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 take care of the beach. They don't they don't trash the beach. They want to have a nice reef. They want to have a white sandy beach. But people who doesn't surf, they the one that we need to a little bit influence about, you know, we are doing a lifestyle that Everybody, you know, can 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 uh, can enjoy. Yeah. Because yeah, back in the yeah. days, surfing is a bit of a is a bit of a you know like a, a lifestyle that people look down on. You know. Yeah. Dame. Yeah. So I yeah, like, that's the, the the most award awarding feeling that I've been you know uh, getting. Yeah. Uh, hey, so just a couple of just a couple more questions mate um and and yeah thanks again for coming on a barrel surf podcast so no you've, you've obviously been surfing and traveling around indonesia for a lot of years what's your favorite surf spot i really love to travel to places like roti island mentawai and 
and also, you know, I surf a lot in Changu, so I really like that wave. You know, it's close from home. There's a lot of people that surf there, but, you know, like, it's it's a fun place. I think Indonesia is the most, uh, what do you call that? That's where I like to travel. I, I like to go to Japan also. Back in the days, I used to travel there a lot, you know, chasing typhoon with my sponsor. So, yeah, even in Australia, you know, like, we really get a good wave in uh, places. Uh, I surf in uh, a really good wave around Central Coast near Avoca. I forget the place. Is it like a? It's a park somewhere in Avoca. Oh, Suffy Park. So yeah, ha- park. <laughs> have you have you been to Margaret River? Yeah, I surfed Margaret River in 1999. Oh mate, how was it? <laughs> it was a lot of can- it was a lot of kangaroos on the way there, but now it's full of uh, suburban, <laughs> full of sharks too, mate. Full of shark too, yeah. Yeah. So Tippy, you know, in your early days, you were actually um, surfing competitively a fair bit, or I used to, yeah. I, I I'm a really competitive person actually, but my com- competitive like uh, life. I also create like, you know, like a, a platform, you know, like a surf competition, the Liga. I do like a lot of like Grom event here in Indonesia and in Bali. It's just, you know, like I have a limitation back in the days, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the best surfer, but I want to create more people like, like Rio. That's, that's uh, what I thinking, you know, because back in the days I used to surf a lot, you know, like with Rizal, for example, but you know and then I think surfers just want to surf. But, you know, if I don't do this, if I have a, have a kids, my kids don't have like a, a direction on uh, how to become like uh, the best in the world, you know, because somebody have to do the, the, the dirty job. That's, that's, that's probably why I end up doing all this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, mate. I, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, young surfers that are really appreciative. Hey, you mentioned about grommets. Who's the next? Is there any grommets in Indonesia that we need to uh, keep an eye out for over the next sort of say five to ten years? Yeah, there was a couple kids, you know, like really, really good. Like uh, there's a kid from uh, from Sarangan Island. His name is Fajar. There's a kid from uh, Lakey Peak. His name is uh, uh, Rajo Barrel. And then there's uh, there's a couple kids like Philip Duke. You know, like uh, because like uh, because of this liga, they, they they have like the under ten division, and that's that's the breeding ground for more groms. Because we cannot we cannot have Rio, and the next Rio is ten years from now. We cannot have that because what the plan is to have Rio every single six months. There's a new Rio. Oh, that's man. the plan. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Hey, I, I better give a shout out to uh, Jasper and Oscar Oscar Glossop. Shout out to yeah, them. Yeah, he's uh, here. He's here right now. I was with him. <laughs> They're like, yeah. So Matt, Matt has been helping a lot with the Grom in Legian Board Riders. So Matt is a Matt Jasper and Oscar is part of the Legian Board Riders, and uh, Jasper is the young, upcoming uh, under ten kids from Indo actually. So J Man is a uh, one of a big hope also. Yeah, one day. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Hey, Tippy, um, I'll probably let you go, mate. I really appreciate your time. And it sounds like you're doing such a great job with uh, surfing in Indonesia in general and, and competitive surfing and giving a lot of the, the up and 
coming local kids just just a platform to um you know to to expand themselves and um and, and giving them an opportunity uh so you said about dirty work mate i think you're doing a great job by the sounds of it yeah thank you very much it's not a one-man show it's you know there's a lot of support from everybody you know you know all the locals all the surfers you know like the legends you know Guys like Made Kasim, Katut Menda, they 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 have a big part of you know how the development of surfing in in Indonesia. So big shout also to everyone that you know putting surfing as a lifestyle in Indo. So um, you know I'm just doing I'm just a a, dele, a person who delegate all the jobs to to you know more more friends, more people that can you know develop surfing you know because at the end of the day somebody need to be the leader and tell tell something to to a lot of people because if you don't have a leader i think we all lost yeah for sure now it sounds like you you know like you said you set up the asian surf co and and the league of surfing indonesia sounds really interesting and uh that'd be pretty cool to have a uh like a a world um like a surf club bloody <laughs> event you know get the leg in board riders yeah. to come down with against the yelling up board riders <laughs> oh, for sure. Big shout to uh, everybody in Yelling Up. We have, uh, I think, Taj is from there. I don't know where Jake Patterson surfs now. He's uh, he's here. He's here. Yeah. I don't know where he's. What what is his board riders now? Uh, well, he doesn't really surf the board riders, but I mean, he's he's connected to the Yelling Up board riders. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Bob Mockman? He's part of the Yelling Up crew. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, so you you did a bit of work with with Quicksilver, is that right? Yeah, I, I was with Quicksilver for fifteen years. So yes, you sort of worked worked for him in 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 the sort of what sort of um, role did you have with Quicksilver? I was the the marketing uh, marketing manager for them, team managers, and sports marketing manager. So I worked closely with Holly before, Holly Monkman. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, and then also when Jake was here for, I think he, he was in Bali for four or five years. So I worked closely with, with, with him globally also. I know a lot of people, you know, like from Quicksilver. Um, I, I should give a shout out to a friend of mine. Oh, you still there, mate? Uh, yeah. You know Paul Hudson, Huddy? Yeah, I know Huddy really well. He's a... He's in the in the in the in the center of the universe at uh, Rockingham, no? He is, he is, mate. He is. Yeah. <laughs> no, shout out, shout out to Huddy. Uh, I saw him occasionally. We, we go watch the football uh, every now and then. So um, no, it's good. Who do you guys? Uh, who do you guys support? The uh, West Coast Eagles. West Coast Eagles, mate. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> so Huddy, Huddy took me to a footy game uh, between the Dockers. And I asked Hadi, "Is the Dockers is one of the the best team in the West uh, West uh, West Aussie?" And he said, "Not, not even." <laughs> Actually, the Dockers are playing the West Coast Eagles this afternoon. Oh no way! Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the battle of the West Coast. Exactly, mate. And the Dockers haven't won a, haven't beaten the West in about I think it's about five or six years. So uh, I, I'm sure Hadi is uh, watching now. He's probably at the game now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Tippy, thanks again, mate. I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. Uh, all the best. Um, keep what you're doing, mate. And uh, thanks for joining Barrel Surf Podcast. And uh, and hopefully, um, you know that the Indonesia and Australia, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll be able to uh, come back. And because um, I know there'll be a lot of surfers 
can't wait to come back and uh for and visit sure, all you for guys sure. over yeah. there yeah thank you very much also and then hopefully um all good also with everybody in australia and then one day you guys can come to bali and uh, i'm pretty sure the cold bintang is still waiting here oh mate cold bintang and it sounds like there'll be rio waters in every single beach so uh I hey, know, yeah. i'm i'm an old man now mate i just watch them now so all good bud okay thank you very much for your time and also uh hopefully to see you in bali one day yeah, yeah for sure tippy thanks mate cheers Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.